right, well, good morning. Come on, you excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Make some noise, excited to be here. We wanna welcome everyone. Thank you for coming, hanging out with us today. Welcome our Ashland campus as well. If you're in the Boyd County area, if you know anybody in that tri-state area, we, we have a campus in Ashland. We'd love for you to participate. It was so good to see what God is doing right there in Boyd County. It's Mother's Day. Come on, can we get it for all the moms in the house? Happy Mother's Day. We love moms, we love you guys. And we're in this series called Broken Soundtracks. And last week we kind of dated ourselves. We talked about how many people actually used an eight track before. Somebody's like, what's an eight track? Google it and you will find out what I mean when I say eight track. We talked about records, we talked about cassettes. You remember the cassettes, it, the, the, the jukebox used to eat it and you had to take a pencil eraser and kind of go like this to get it. Some of you have, I lost you right there. You have no idea what we're talking about. All my 80s people in the house. And then we talked about like CDs and digital music and stuff. But the reality is that sometimes Sometimes, if you remember the old record players, when you had a record, and we still have a record player, and we listen to records, my, we, my little girl, she loves playing records all the time, that if it gets a scratch on it, it starts to get, it's broken, obviously, and it repeats itself over and over and over and over. And in this series, we're talking, what are the broken soundtracks that play over and over and over and over in our head? Now, I know that this series is geared to the ladies, but it does affect every one of us, even guys as well. Hang tight, guys. We got a, a series for the men in June. We're coming right there. We're gonna have fun with that as well. But in this series called Broken Soundtracks, we really wanna focus on the soundtracks that play over and over and over in our head. And so I have a question this morning. If you go up to a mom, or if you go up to just a woman in general, but let's say you go up to a mom or woman and you ask them how they doing, you're gonna get a few different responses depending on what's going on in their life. Typically, typically, normally when you, when you go and you talk to a mom and you say, hey, how you doing, how things going? Or, or to a lady, you say, how you doing? Typically, you could see a sigh with, good, <laughs> right, right? You know there's something behind it. I mean, you find any mom and say, how's it going? They're like, it's okay, you know, it's good, and, and the, but there's a sigh behind it. You know that there's something there that's that. And really things are probably pretty good, but it's probably chaotic because what mom don't have a chaotic life, right? Especially depending on the age of your kid. A lot of times you hear this, this is probably the number one you'll get from them, good, things are just busy. Things are just busy right now, right? I mean, kids decide to be in every sport. You know, it's just that time of year again. Things are just busy. You know, a husband got a new job and transferring and we're trying to figure all that out. Things, things are just busy at work right now. You know, we got a lot of things going on with the new software turnover. It's in our, in our company and it's always something, right? There's, there's, they're busy. It's good, but it's busy. Or, or some would say, you know, we got a lot going on. Something I just have too much to do. And some would really be honest with you and say, I'm exhausted. I like, pray for me, like I'm about to lose my mind. <laughs> like, and you, you all have that friend, right? You did. Like, they just tell you, like, you ask them and you ask them and they just vomit everything on you. How many of you had that type of friend? You do? All right, we are. I'm that guy. You ask me how to do it, blah, there's my whole life story. I just, just let it all You asked me. You're like, well, I didn't need to know that much information, right? You, know, you asked me how it was going, so I'm just going to tell you how it's going. So let's do a quick busy test right now. See if you answer yes to no of any of these questions. How do I know if I'm always, always busy? Well, here, here's a question. Are you always in a hurry? Like, are you always in a hurry? Like, there is no margin whatsoever. My wife, she gets onto me like this because I think if you're right on time or just maybe one minute late, you're on time. You know, that's me. 
Like my wife, she goes, no, we're gonna be there 30 minutes early. We're gonna make sure everybody's in, you know, use the restroom, like how moms go, right? Everybody's ready to go for it. And of course, it never happens. And I wonder, you know, where the frustration comes because we're completely opposite. You know, she's a rule follower, I'm a rule breaker. And so you just gotta be right there on time. How, how does that work? And so are you always in a hurry? Because this would be a sign of busyness. Is your to-do list unrealistically long? Like your to-do list, is, it's just unrealistically long. Like how, how do you work through that? How, how, is it just too much to do? Do you use your off days to catch up? Like you use your off days, like I have to take off today so I can just catch up what's going on in my life. Has someone or your close friend looked at you and told you you need to slow down? Hey, you need to a little crazy right now. You need to slow down in your life. Has someone ever told you that? Here's a big one, ladies. Do you feel guilty when you do relax? Do you feel guilty when you do take time for yourself and just relax? This could be a sign of busyness in your life. Like I feel guilty as a mom, I feel guilty, you know, just for taking time in my life because I know there's so much thing to do because my list is so unrealistically long and I'll never get caught up and I'll never get it completed and get it finished. So here's a question, I always ask my wife this all the time. How do you have a sense of winning and accomplishment in your life when you have a to-do list that you know will never, ever, ever get finished? How can you lay your head down at night knowing I won today, I accomplished today, it's okay, I'm at peace today, knowing that I have a thousand more things to do tomorrow that didn't get finished today? How can you have a sense of completeness that you've done something, you've accomplished it? And then here's another one, do you have to get sick before you actually take time off? You finally get sick. And if you know anything about moms, if they're sick, they still don't take off. Guys, we're wimps when it comes to this. Oh, my nose is running, I can't do nothing. The ladies is like losing it and she's still taking care of the kids, she's still clean, she's doing something, right? I mean, this morning I go, I'm ready for church, I look out the back window, here's my wife outside standing on a ladder cleaning the back window of our back door, porch. I'm like, it's Mother's Day, can you just take a break for a moment, right? And she's like, well, I gotta get this clean. That's just, that's just how it is, right? You ask any mom, you ask any lady, this is it. And, and am I just talking to a couple or am I, am I on, on track here, ladies? And so you say, are we ever gonna have this sense of completion? And so really the broken soundtrack is, is this thought of always never having enough time. Like what are some of the lies or what are some of the broken loops that play over and over and over in our head when it comes to always being busy or always being in a hurry? Here's just a few. There's never enough time to do everything. Do you have that thought, and even you could be a guy too, I just don't have enough time to do everything. I don't have enough time to complete everything that's in it. If I only had more hours in the day, because the truth is you have just as much as hours as God wants you to have. And what happens is, is God mismanaging his time or am I mismanaging my time? And what happens when I mismanage my time, my values, and my priorities, then I turn and I take a shot at God when I'm mismanaging the time that he has given me. I'm preaching to myself. Like, there's never enough time to do everything. Here's another one. Man, it's just a busy season right now. Have you ever said that before? Man, it's just crazy, right? Life is crazy. Life is hectic. We're just in a busy season. Like, if I ask you to do something right now, I said, man, listen, we're just crazy. Right? We had prom. We got graduation. Mother's Day's coming up. I'm trying to get everything ready in place. And then and when, when school gets out, I could take a breath. 
when school gets out, when this season ends, when this season ends, man, we're gonna have fun this summer, we're gonna relax this summer. And all of a sudden, June comes, and next thing you know, your kids sign up for summer soccer, one wants piano lessons, one says, Mom, I, I think I can mow yards for, for the summer, but Dad, I need you to take me every day to do this. And all of a sudden, the season that we thought was coming to an end starts another one. See, the thing about a season is that a season ends. And when you always say, I'm just in a season right now, it's just hectic right now. And what happens, if I can just get past summer, we'll get back into the school routine, and when school comes back, I get my life back. And then school happens. And now you're in a busy season again. See, season never stops. Seasons keep going. Seasons always come to an end, but you never stop. Busy people have one season, and it's called busy. That's the season that they're in. And if you will always believe this, that you're always or busier, this season is just a season. Listen, this is a lie that will always keep you busy. Season are not busy. People choose to be busy. And so we have to walk through that. Or maybe one of the broken soundtracks is this is really, really important right now. This is just really important right now. I just really gotta get this done. I really gotta get this in. I gotta get this thing closed at work. I really just gotta close this deal. I gotta finish up this project. This is just really, really, really important. If you just give me some time to get through this, I'm telling you, it's just really important to get my kid, you know, the papers put out. Just get them off to the camp. Just, I just really, this is really important right now. And when everything happens in your life that's really, really important to you, when everything is really important to you, that is a sign that you are running on empty. It's a sign in your life that you are running on empty. And when you're running on empty, you don't have the discernment, you don't have the wisdom, and you don't have the intelligence to determine if this is really, really important because you're running on empty. So when everything seems really important in your life, that is proof that you're running on empty. Now listen to me, I'm gonna get some pushback from this, but it's just gotta hang tight, listen. Here's what I've come to find out over my time in ministry in my own personal life is that busy people are broken people. And I know I got some pushback right now. I know you say, Pastor, listen, I'm healthy, I'm busy, I'm scattered. I mean, I get up at seven, I go to bed at midnight, I get my six, seven hours of sleep, hit, the, hit it again, I've got time, I'm chasing the kids around, wife's good, kid's good, life's good. I, I'm busy, but I'm good. And I would say, no, you're not. You're broken. No, don't, don't, Pastor, don't push back. No, you're, no, you're broken. You're broken relationally, you're broken spiritually, and you're broken emotionally. Because busy people don't have time to recharge their emotion. And so because that, there's anger can trip in, can, can, can leak in, anxiety, you can be anxious all the time, you're tired, you're exhausted, and what mom on the planet is not tired or exhausted? What lady, think about it. And even you guys, like, you're just exhausted all the time. And when you're exhausted, you have no time to refuel and recharge. You're broken spiritually. Because if you're always busy and you're that busy, then you don't take time to listen to what Jesus has to say. I don't have time for my devotion right now. I'll get to that this evening when I get home from work and before I go to bed, I'll read my Bible and I'll spend some time and all of a sudden something happens, right? And he's like, I'll get it tomorrow. I'll get up early in the morning and you push snooze and you don't and you keep putting off this, your, your fellowship with the Lord. That's what busy people do. Great intentions. Busy people have probably some of the greatest intentions ever. But then you're broken relationally because you don't create no times for friends that you need. You're too busy to come to church and fellowship with the family of God because life's just busy right now. I'm just in a season, I'll catch up sometime soon. School's just busy right now, class is just busy right now, work's just busy right now, life's just hectic, so I'm gonna sleep in, I'll just, you neglect spending time with people. You won't get in a group, 
throughout the week because I'm busy, I don't have time, I just don't have time. I physically do not have time on my schedule to fellowship with people. And the scripture says we need each other. And I know you're gonna push back on that, but I'm telling you, when you get to heaven, you'll see, at least on this one, I was right. Busy people are broken people, and we need to work through it because of the effects of a busy lifestyle is I feel stressed, I lose my joy, I'm less productive, and honestly, at the end of the day, I can't hear God because I'm so crowded with the things in my life. So being busy isn't better. In fact, if you think people wear busyness as a badge, like this, see anybody at the, at the, at the grocery store, how are you doing? How are things good, just busy? We wear busy as like, a, it's, it's prideful, it's like a badge I wear. I'm busy, aren't you? I mean, what's the opposite? Hey, how you doing? Dude, I'm just lazy, dog. I'm just lazy right now. I mean, I just like chill, play video games. You know, I don't have to work or nothing. I mean, life's good, I'm just lazy. I mean, I just, I'm just lazy. Like, who says that? So what happens, you wanna show people you're productive, but just cause you're moving don't mean you're productive. Just because you're busy don't mean you're productive. So we wear busy as a badge, busy. As I should be proud of that. And wear this around. And so busy isn't better. Choosing better is better. And there's one passage, I know you're very familiar with this passage and there's so much going on with it. This is one of the greatest stories about, about Lazarus that comes and all this stuff before this. But in Luke chapter 10, we have these two sisters. And I know there's books about Mary and Martha. You've heard this. But there's just a couple words I wanna point out in this passage, and we don't have to get into the whole historical context just yet about everything about it, but because this is usually familiar passage. These are two ladies who are sisters, who are followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, love Jesus, both serve Jesus. There's not the evil, like these, these, these women love to serve Jesus and to help him in his ministry. In fact, it was a lot of the women who did work who actually funded the ministry of Jesus, as we see through the scriptures, that they provided that Jesus, who did not have a house, who did not have a place to live, who had a traveling ministry that these ladies would actually provide and help to fund the ministry of Jesus. Like, like these, these ladies were sold out to do whatever it took to help Jesus advance the kingdom of God. And in this story, you, if you've been in church before, you, you've read this, you've heard this, but there's a few words here that I just wanna break down and I wanna I'm share a couple points and then hopefully you get to go out here and have a great great meal with your family. So that's just all introduction. Y'all ready to get started? So let's go. All right, three of you. Here we go. All right. Luke 10, verse 38. Here we go. Watch this. It says, as Jesus and the disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now, not just him. It's his whole crew. It's the discipleship. I mean, his disciples and everything. I mean, you, you know this, right, guys? You call, your, you call your wife, you get home and say, honey, listen, we got about four or five of my friends are showing up. Is there anything to eat? Come on, come on. I heard some of the claws come out. Like, my husband does all the time. Like, we don't understand the preparation it takes. Like, she provides for, you know, she's, she's preparing the dinner for the family. You get home and she's already at work. She come home, she's still getting to cook, cook. Everything's there. And they say, hey, do you have enough lasagna for the other five of my friends to show up? Wait, what? And the pressure that is put on you Jesus shows up at the door with all of his crew. I want you to think about it. It's not like just Jesus by himself, you know, just maybe like a spam sandwich or something. I mean, his whole crew shows up and knocks on the door. And I, I want you to get this in the story. Don't just overlook what's taking place. She, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listened to what he said. So obviously Jesus comes down into the house. He sits down. Mary sits down. Martha doesn't sit down. But Martha, watch what it says, but Martha was distracted. 
This is very important. Like we believe that this is an inspired and errant word of God. So the Holy Spirit wants us to know 2,000 years later that Martha, it's not that she didn't love Jesus. It's not that she wasn't serving Jesus. She was distracted. And that word distracted means this. It means to be pulled in multiple ways. You're, you're, you're pulled in multiple different ways. Listen, as that doesn't describe a mom or a woman, you are pulled in so many directions. You're expected to be everything to all people. And Martha, the Spirit wants us to know is that when she was distracted, not that she's a sinner and not that she's evil and not that she's mad about uh, Jesus. Listen, she was just distracted. And the Bible wants us to note that. She was distracted in all the preparation. That word preparation means serving. Are you kidding me? You and 12 of your disciples just showed up, ramshacked my house, and now you're asking for food. Typical man, right? What do we got to eat? Well, he really wasn't asking. It was his custom. Someone shows up at your door. You know what you do? You wash their feet. That you chose to come into my house. And then by washing my feet, it's the hospitality. We're going to feed you. What would you like to eat? That is the custom of the day. That's what was expected. That's what you would have known for showing up. That's why Martha goes into preparation mode and goes, okay, we got to get this. Here it is. This is our custom. And all that, it's our King Jesus. Like Jesus showed up. Like, could you imagine you go to your front door and knock on open door and there's Jesus? If it's most of it's like, uh, could, could you wait just a moment? Jesus in here, pick your stuff up, put it in the closet, shut everything. <laughs> like, you'd be going crazy. Like, you're trying to hurry and rush and do everything. Jesus shows up, knocks on the door, and Martha gets into, okay, puts the apron on, let's go. Let's do what we know we do. I'm gonna serve you. But she was distracted from all the preparation. And then it goes on and says, she came to him. Now listen, the English translation makes this very, very, I don't know, appealing, like you really don't pay attention. She came to him, that word came, then when she came. She came in there, and this is what's implied in the Greek text right here, stomping mad. She just didn't walk in, um, excuse me, can we? No, 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 no. Homegirl comes in, makes you know that she's there, stomping. She comes in. So when you read this, we see it, it's like she walks in a room. But she comes in, and she's a little ticked here. She's a little upset. Look here. Lord, don't you care? Now, I want you to know what she just, she just accused Jesus of. To ask the question, Lord, don't you care, means I don't believe you care. And so she said, don't you care about me? Listen, ladies, have you ever been in that situation? God, don't you care about me? Don't you see what I'm doing? Do you see what I put up with? you see what I have to live with? you see what I try to do? I try to get them ready and do and take care. I try to make sure everything's here. God, is there, don't you even care? Do you not see what's going on? What about me? Look at everything I'm doing forever. I'm giving everything away to every single body. I'm trying to be all things to all people. God, don't you just care? She goes and says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Because as soon as you knocked on the door, she should have been up, ready, going, let's go, get in here. It's custom. We wash feet, we feed, we do this. It's custom. It's what we do. It's hospitality. It shows we love you. It shows, listen, Martha's not a bad, she's a top A person. She's gonna follow the rules. Don't miss this. She's serving Jesus by providing food and meal for him. And that's not like she's like neglecting Jesus. She's serving Jesus. She's not a bad person. She's serving out of loyalty and duty and following what the custom says. I want to be everything and help you. 
but there's no way I could feed you and these other 15 people that you brought in here with you by myself. Will you tell my sister that get up? Some of y'all laughing because y'all done that before. Y'all wonder and say, Mama, can you tell her to sister to get up and come and help me? Mom, tell her to get and help me. Or you just go, get up, sis. You got to help, right? Jesus, don't you care? Tell her to get up and help me. I'm working. Look what it says. Tell her to help me. And then Jesus with compassion. We know this because he says her name twice. Martha, 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 Martha. Just the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about so many things. You're, you're, you're distracted. You remember, you were pulled in so many directions. Few things are needed. You're right. I'm not knocking that. Few things, but really only one true thing. And this is it right here. Watch this. How did Mary get in this position? Do not miss this. Mary has chosen what is better. And I think that's one of the most overlooked verses when it comes to spending time with Jesus, your calendar, your life, your business, is that how did she get at the feet of Jesus? Don't miss this. She chose it. It was her decision to choose. She chose, look what he says. She chose what is better. It's not that that's not good. It's not that all these extra extracurricular activities are not good. It's not that it's okay not to take your kid every single place and be at every birthday party. I'm not saying that's not good, but I'm gonna choose what's better. She chose what is better, and for something, and I don't know what this is, it will not be taken away from her, which means this. She gained something by choosing something better that no one could take away from her. I don't know exactly what it is that she gained, but Jesus implied there was a deposit that she had placed within her, there's something she gained because she chose what is better. So what do you do? How do, you, how do you fix this? Would you see this pattern of busyness? I mean, we can see this. I mean, this is so, it always starts with good intentions. It always starts as good intentions to be all things, all people, everywhere, scattered. It starts with good intentions. You wanna be there. You love people. You wanna help people. You wanna serve your family. You wanna serve the people around. And all of a sudden, what happens with good intentions is that you get distracted. And distraction comes in. And then when distraction comes in, pressure comes in. And when pressure comes in, you throw a pity party for yourself. And we see this with Martha because she goes to Jesus, don't you care about me? Don't you see what I am doing? And listen, as she walks in the room and she snaps, which by the way, if you're always snapping, that is a sign you're running on empty. That is the sign that you are running on empty. If you snap at your kids, snap at your, snap at the people, snap at, if you're always snapping at people, that is a huge big red flag I'm on empty, and I need to be filled up. And then the pressure comes on, and everyone feels it, and you feel the pressure. There's no one understands the pressure I go through. No one understands I gotta take care of the kids, I gotta clean the house, I gotta make sure everybody's taken care of, and then there's no time left over for me, or my wife don't feel the pressure that I, on me to provide for the family. She doesn't feel this pressure. Or my parents don't feel the pressure of me at school and the pressure that I have to go through. And we always, we get it. No one understands how hard it is to be me. And what happens is there's this pity for ourselves. What started out with good intentions, got distracted, has this pressure put on us, and now we have this pity for ourselves. And then what happens next is that pity turned into resentment because we see in verse 40, she's upset. She goes, tell her to get up and help me. She begins to resent that her sister 
is not helping her. And this, my friends, is a sign of brokenness. Doesn't mean you don't love Jesus, she loves Jesus. Doesn't mean she's not serving, she's serving Jesus. But she's also distracted in so many ways. So how do you choose this? How do you choose what's better? How do I, how do I get to this place? How do I fix this broken soundtrack that I'll never have enough time to do everything? Well, let's first, just, let me give you just a, a couple of things, little practical things. Number one, you gotta choose to confess the lie. You gotta choose in a, right now and confess a lie. There is not enough time to do everything. I wish I had more time in the day, right? We gotta stop it. We gotta stop thinking there's not enough time to do everything. I wish I had more time in the day. We gotta stop, it's just a busy season I'm in right now. That's a la la la, la la, our pants on fire right there. Like, it's just a busy season I'm in right now. Your life will always be busy if you choose it to be. Don't miss what Martha had, I mean Mary had. Mary had a choice and she chose what's better. You have a choice. You have a choice. And the enemy wants to lie to you, think you have no choice, but you have a choice in your life. So I need to identify this lie and confess it. When the thought comes, I'll never have enough time, or it's just in a busy season, or this is just really, really, really important in my life right now. You have a choice. So my first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna confess, okay, this is, this is the enemy trying to distract me, which means to the second thing, you need to name your distraction. If you can name it, you can tame it. You gotta name the distraction. What is this that's distracting me? Let me give you just a practical rule of advice real quick in the next four minutes and 48 seconds is go home and write down a list of every single thing you have to do. Like write it down, like every single thing you do. I'm talking all the way to fold clothes, do laundry. I mean, I mean, whatever. Like you write it down, feed the, the dog, like walk the dog. Like you write every single thing that you do in a day. Like write it all down. And then begin to see, is there anything here that's a distraction? Is there anything here I can stop doing? Because I know, like, you, you, you're the ideal wife. You're the ideal mother. You gotta keep the house clean. Keep everything organized. Cook for the family. Be active in the kids' school. Be active in your church. Serve in your church. Stay in shape. Take care of your husband. And also work a full-time job. Does that not just sound exhausting? And here's the truth. Here's the truth, ladies. And I know you're a superwoman. But no woman on the planet can wear all those hats and be effective every one of them. And you beat yourself up when you're not. I should be better, I should be able, I should be able to. And then a lot of times what happens is you, you break and then you crash and sooner or later yourself or someone will suffer because you cannot be effective, awesome at every single one of these things, at least every single day. We have to figure out how this works. And maybe the most spiritual thing you could do this week is break out a big can of no. No. Pastor Daniel gave me permission, no. Just break out a big can of no and set it on the counter. I about had my boys to go get a big can of beans and, and rip a, the label off and put no on and just sit no. Mom, you wash my clothes? No, wash them yourself. Mom, you make me lunch? No, eat cereal. I'm gonna break out a big can of no. I love you in the name of Jesus, but no. Honey, you see my clothes or my shoes, my belt? No, grow up, don't lose them, honey. Find them yourself. The dog's barking, needs to go out. Mom, take the dog out. No, no, double no. Do it yourself. 
I don't care if he pees in the floor. Clean it up. Now do it in a nice spiritual way, moms. Okay, come on, ladies. But maybe the most practical thing you could do this way is break out a big can of no. No, I'm sorry, we're not gonna make it to the party. No, I'm sorry, I can't stay after work today. No, I'm sorry, I won't be able to make it this afternoon. No, I'm sorry, why? Because I need to start saying no to things. Because every time I say yes to something, I'm cheating somebody. And you will go the rest of your life having to choose who you're gonna cheat. I'm gonna say yes more to work and cheat my kids. No! I'm gonna say yes more to work and cheat my wife. No! Because every time you say yes, you're gonna cheat somebody in your life. And you have to get your priorities straight and say, who are you gonna cheat? And I'm not gonna cheat my family, I'm not gonna cheat my kids, I'm not gonna cheat my wife, I'm not gonna cheat the people that I can, I'm not gonna cheat. So I'm sorry. Well, they're gonna get mad at me and not show up if I don't show up to a birthday party because I told her I was coming, they think I'm coming and we're friends. I'm afraid you'll get upset. Well, that's another whole message called people pleasing we need to work on. But maybe the most spiritual thing you could do this week is just start saying no. And when you do, you can choose what is better. To begin to choose what is better. Martha and Mary both loved Jesus. They both served him in different ways. But one chose what was better. And there's something about even choosing spending time with Jesus every day before your day even gets started. How the joy and the peace, and even though life throws curveballs at you, and even though things come towards you, that there's something you have as a peace to go, okay, let's just, let's just deal with life as it comes. I've been filled up this morning, so I could be depleted in some time. But if you're always running on empty and you're always depleted, you're always gonna be snapping, you're always gonna be upset, you're always gonna be resentful, and you're gonna start blaming everybody around you. Well, I just, if my husband would, if my kids would, if the work would, if my boss would, and you begin to blame everybody else because you haven't chose what's better to take care of yourself. And so I wanna encourage you today when these broken soundtracks come, capture that lie. Name the distracting what's distracting you. Get that, get that priority. Say, I'm gonna have to, this is what I'm gonna say, start saying no to. And I'm gonna start choosing what is better. For me, because the healthier that I am, the better mom I could be, the better wife I could be, the better friend I could be, the better dad I can be, the better parent I could be. And I take care of me, the healthier that I can be. So how do you choose what's better? Real quickly, what is your standard of better? For us who are followers of Jesus, it's this. This is my standard for what is better. So I need to know the God's word. I need to study God's word. I need to get in God's word. If you're not a Christian, what is your standard for what is better? If you're not following Jesus, your standard for what is better, you're gonna get the world to define what your standard is for your life. And they're off. Because the world's way is not God's way. So what's the standard for what is better? And then here's the question. Just because you know the standard for what is better, are you making the decisions based off this standard? Some of you know the Bible backwards and forward and you know it, but if this is our standard, are we gonna make our decisions based on the truth of what the standard in a, is in our life? And then when we do, you gotta ask yourself, what do I need to learn to say no to? What do I need to say no to today? What do I need to say no to this week? What do I need to say no to this year? Because I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to cheat somebody. Who am I gonna choose to cheat 
when I say yes to whatever it is you're saying yes to. And then walk this out in your life. Is it gonna fix it overnight? No, some of you are gonna feel bad for saying no, but then you're gonna get pretty good at it because it's, you're gonna see your heart and your motive is pure because I'm saying yes to great things. Saying no to good things, but I'm gonna say yes to better things in my life. So here's the broken soundtrack. I don't have enough time to do everything. I don't have enough time to do everything. I don't have enough time for everything. Here's what's underneath that. You ready for this? Hopefully this sets you free. This is so profound, it's gonna blow you away. Like this was worth coming this morning. The broken soundtrack is I don't, I don't have time to do everything. You ready for this? You have permission. You don't have to do everything. Do you see that? You don't have to do everything. That's all this, I've gotta do everything. I gotta keep up, I gotta make this happen. I gotta, you don't have to do everything. And hopefully that will begin to set you free. The only thing you have to do is what God has called you to do today. You will always have enough time to do everything that God has called you to do. If you don't have enough time, listen to me, that means you're doing something that God hasn't called you to do today. So I'm gonna choose what is better and finish today knowing today I did everything I knew what to do. And I know I have a tons of things waiting for me tomorrow, but it's okay, today I won. I won the day. I'm gonna ask if you would just to bow your heads just for a moment. So thankful you came today. So thankful you're here. Hopefully the Lord used his word to encourage you this morning. Hopefully you'll leave here, you know what? Man, it's okay. Maybe what, maybe what stuck out to you was I'm gonna cheat somebody, but I don't wanna cheat my family. I don't wanna cheat myself. I don't wanna cheat the people I care about and love. So I need to look at reprioritizing and choosing better. For some of you, the greatest decision you can choose today is Jesus. Because apart from him, we can do nothing, but we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. You should choose Jesus as your Lord and Savior and the King of your life and give him complete control of my life of my emotions, of my schedule, of my life. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. It'd be amazing to see how King Jesus comes through in your life. And the Bible says this, if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And my prayer is today that you'll cry out to Jesus right where you are and give your life to him. And in just in a moment, your campus pastor or host, they're gonna come out and they're gonna share with you your next steps and following Jesus. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to come and fellowship with our family, our church family, who we love, who we need in our life. And God, as we leave here today, I pray that for those of us who have moms today that are alive, that Lord, that we can love them and talk to them. And God, for those who mother has passed on, I pray that you will comfort them, remind them of the great memories, and God, that you would give them peace because this day brings all kinds of different emotions. And so God, we just pray for your will to be done in our lives and our hearts, and we'll always give you the glory and the praise. For it's your name we ask and we pray.